Hi, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This season, we're tackling common challenges that teachers, teachers face every day in the classroom, from dealing with parents, to feeling discouraged, to managing homework, and everything in between. This week, we're going to be talking about a common problem that I think every single one of us face, and if you're not facing it, you can count yourself extremely lucky or you have very young students, Um, and that is, what do you do when a student is failing your class? Um, This can be almost devastating as a teacher um, when you have a student that's failing your class, especially if you're just starting out. I remember that first time that I was grading a task, like I was so excited and nervous and like trying to see how they did. They did pretty well and I was so proud. But I also remember those first few times where a student got a D or an F and and you almost take it really personally. And I think I think over time you learn not to take it as personally. But I think over time you also run the risk of just becoming jaded and disillusioned and just throwing up your hands and saying, oh, there's nothing I can do about it. Neither one of those is good. We cannot take, um, when students are failing our class, we can't take it personally. Um, we, it should make us reflect on our teaching habits. It should make us figure out what we can do better, but we can't take it as a personal failure when a student's failing our class. But on the other hand, we also can't just write it off as, Psh, there's nothing I can do. The student doesn't want to learn. It is our job as the teacher to help them as much as we can. You know, they are not adults yet. In college, it's their responsibility. But especially the younger the student is, the more it is our responsibility to help them learn and help them find a way to learn. So there's balance in that. Um, it's got, it is on the student, but it's on us basically to do our best. And so that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about nine specific ways that we can help a failing student. First thing that you can do is get parents involved early. Now, whether or not you think the parent will actually make a difference, you still want to go ahead and involve them early. The responsibility for teaching kids is ultimately the parents, not yours. So they really should be informed what's going on, even if you don't think they're going to step in and make a difference. Now, here's a big key. Don't just tell the parents their kid is failing. Um, Most parents, when you tell them that, have no idea what to do. Uh, We have to remember, we're teachers, okay? If someone tells us our kid is failing, we have a million ideas of what to do. But a lot of these parents just, they, 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 that scares them. They, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to help. So first thing you want to do is give them specific ideas of what they can do to help. You know, so-and-so needs tutoring. So-and-so could use help with this. Um, you know, why don't you work with them in these ways? Or, you know, can you check their planner every night? Whatever it is, give them something specific that they can do. It's also really important to use language that is helpful and shows that you're on the same page. Don't be talking so much. Don't talk about your class or things like that. Talk about the student's success. So for example, using a phrase like, we all want so-and-so to succeed, and I really believe he would if... 
and then say what needs to happen in order for him to succeed. So using language that um, shows you believe in the child and shows that you want what's best for them and frames it in that way. So not just if you don't want your kid to fail, you better do this. But, you know, if you want, you know, we both want your student to succeed. I know. I'm not even going to say if you want it. I know you want that. Um, So here's what you can do to help them succeed. And I think you'll find that that produces uh, much better conversations. Also, don't get discouraged if you talk with a parent and the conversation doesn't go well. Don't throw up your hands and say, oh, see, this is why I never talk to parents. Um, Go ahead and talk to that next parent. You don't know. Some of the parents, it is what it is. They aren't going to follow through, but some of them will. And so it's always worth um, involving them and taking that step. So number one, get the parents involved early. And uh, by the way, before we move on to number two, if you have a parent that is um, uh, challenging, uh, I have a separate post that you can check out um, called What to Do with a Parent Who's Driving You Crazy. And I link to that in the show notes at teachfortheheart.com slash failing student. So teachfortheheart.com slash failing student. All right. So number one, get the parents involved early. Don't wait until the week before report cards come out. Number two, intentionally help the student whenever possible. All right, now how you do this will depend based on your grade level and your class structure, but the point is that you want to make it a priority to help your failing students whenever you can. Um, I taught middle school math, and so what I did was I scheduled time for students to work individually or in groups, um, so I wasn't always lecturing. If you're always lecturing, uh, there's no time to go around and actually help students. So I built time in the, into my classroom where they were working, and that way I could walk around and help students with where they were trouble. Now, I made it a point, and you need to do the same thing. Make it a point to check in on your failing students, even if they're not raising their hand for help. Um, And chances are some of them will raise their hand for help, but you know, some of them... They're just not. Uh, they, they're for one reason or the other. We might interpret it as a lack of effort, and it might be, but they might be embarrassed. They might be afraid. Uh, they might just have given up. So don't um, don't just assume that they don't care. There might be some real um, reasons <laughs> why they're not raising their hand. And so you want to go and um, help them even if they're not raising their hand, okay? Especially if you have a lull where no one else is asking a question, make it a point to stop by their desk, check in on them, give them a pointer, and help them out whenever you can. And of course, when their hand is up, they should be your first priority. Uh, this brings us to the third thing you can do, and that is to encourage these students. All right. Considering how frustrated and discouraged we get sometimes with our struggling students, imagine how they must feel. As I said before, sometimes it seems like they don't care. And I do think there are times when students don't care. But more often than not, this is actually a mask or a coping mechanism for their frustration. Um, And really, really, they're frustrated. And because of it, because they, they can't seem to get it, sometimes they even shut down. So we need to encourage them as much as possible. Praise them for their smallest successes or improvements and make it sincere. Okay, I'm not talking about just praising them, you know, sillily. 
if that's a word. <laughs> but um, praise them whenever um, you do for everything you do notice for the successes that they make, and tell them that you believe in them and know they can succeed. And just to pause here, um, you have to choose to believe in them. Okay, this is don't lie to them, but you can choose to believe in what they're capable of. You can choose to see these students for what they could be in ten years. As opposed to what they are now. I mean, think back. I mean, there's so many stories of people who were horrible students in school and went on to do incredible things. So, um, just keep that in mind and choose to believe in them. Choose to believe in what's possible, um, even if you're not experiencing it right now. So number one, we said get the parents involved early. Number two, intentionally help the student whenever possible. Number three, encourage them. Number four, provide opportunity for self-reflection. So help the student with this, especially the younger they are, but even as, as old as high school, I'd help the student walk through a process of self-reflection. Of course, this will vary depending on the age. Um, in upper grades, what I did is I you could give them a short questionnaire that asks them to list the reasons why they think they're failing or struggling and writing down a plan to improve. Um, so the older they are, the more they may be able to do this on their own. Um, the younger they are or the more upset or frustrated they are, the more they might need your help. But either way, don't just do it for them. You want to get them thinking. And then um, go over it with them, encouraging them, giving additional ideas, and it prodding them to think deeper about what they could do. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. We all know that sometimes asking a student a question like this can result in the blank stare, okay? Uh, but don't let them off the hook. Be patient and let them sit there and think about it. Um, if you have to, they can be sitting at your desk and you can be saying, I'm gonna grade these papers. I'm gonna give you a few minutes to think about it. And I'm gonna come, I'm gonna, you sit here and think, I'll, I'm gonna ask you in a, in a, I'm gonna take and grade this paper and then I'm gonna come ask you what you think. Um, so, you know, not letting them off the hook um trying to get them to at least think of something the point is to get them engaged you can ask also ask prodding questions like do you think that not doing your homework could be part of the problem uh, to get the ball rolling the fifth tip is to ask the student how you can help this is so simple but so often we don't do this simple step so simply ask the failing student what you as their teacher can do to help you may or may not get much of an answer, but you also may be surprised at their response. And then, of course, if they do have something that you can do, you can move forward with that plan. Number six, look for underlying problems. Sometimes we just look at the surface and sometimes we can immediately see issues like they're not doing homework or they're not taking notes or they're not engaged, but try to look a little deeper. What is underneath these problems that's causing this behavior or apparent lack of effort? Do they have a genuine learning disability? Are there problems at home? Do they need glasses? Are they playing too many video games? Often we try to correct the symptom without ever getting to the root of the problem. But when we can find that root problem and deal with that, it's amazing the transformation we see. Um, just, you know, you might be saying, ma'am, where did that video games example come in? Uh, I had a student when I was teaching um, who apparently um, 
played video games like crazy at home. And I wasn't even aware of this. Um, but he really struggled a lot in school. And one time during a parent-teacher conference, the parents had mentioned that for a time, they basically eliminated all video games. And I, and then, I was thinking back to the time that they did that, and the improvement was incredible during that time. Um, so sometimes there are things like simple things, sometimes they're more complex, but looking for those underlying problems um, is key. Tip number seven is to require them to complete classwork. All right, I know this is easier said than done, but uh, you do want to do everything in your power to get them to complete their work. In other words, don't just let them off the hook if they don't, don't, you know, otherwise they just learn that if I don't try, I don't have to do any work. Instead, try to require them to at least make a valiant attempt. And I have a whole separate post um, called 17 Ways to Get Your Students to Actually Do Their Work that you can check out for more ideas for how to actually make this happen. And once again, I link to that in the show notes at teachfortheheart.com slash failing student. Tip number eight is don't give up on them. You know, too often it seems like nothing is ever going to change, but we can't give up on our students. You know, sometimes we won't see the results for months or even years, but that doesn't mean that we're wasting our time. We've got to believe in our students and show them that we believe in them. And as I said before, it's a conscious choice. It does not depend on our feelings at the moment. And just that idea that it takes a lot of time sometimes to see progress is is tough, especially if you're a newer teacher. Uh, when I first started teaching, this was difficult for me because for me, I'm like, I've been working with this student for weeks or months. I should be seeing some results. But as I worked into my second and third and fourth year, I then saw some students that I had taught a couple years ago. And I it was not for a couple years until you could really see the progress that they had made. And so I just want to encourage you, um, don't give up in these in-between times. Sometimes you don't see the results, like I said, for months or even years. These results might not show up while they're in your classroom. And I know that's hard because we want to see the results now. And sometimes you do, and it's so fun when you do. But sometimes the hard work and effort that you're putting in with the student is paying off, but it's the results aren't going to be there for another year or two. You know, their next teacher, the year after that, might be the one to see the breakthrough, but you have laid the foundation and you have um, been such a big part of it. So don't let the results in the moment um, affect how you deal with a student. Uh, stay encouraged and don't give up on them. Let's review real quick before we get to the last tip. Tip one was get the parents involved early. Number two, intentionally help the student whenever possible. Number three, encourage them. Number four, provide opportunities for self-reflection. Five, ask how you can help. Six, look for underlying problems. Seven, require them to complete classwork. Eight, don't give up on them. And finally, number nine, when all else fails, let them fail. You know, when you've done all you can, and it's report card time, and they've clearly earned an F, give them an F. Don't round it up. Don't make it a D minus. Go ahead and give them the grade they earned. Now, I know in some schools this is simply not allowed, which I believe is a tragedy. And if that is what it is, 
then, there, then the decision is out of your hands. But unless it's forbidden, go ahead and put that F on the report card. Just passing them along to the next grade or course is not helping them. And often what they need most is to go through the course again. I've seen firsthand how valuable this can be with students who had to retake my Algebra 1 course. They either failed the course or in some cases, uh, we would recommend retaking the course. There was room in their schedule to retake it the following year um, if they had just kind of just barely passed. So I had quite a few students that did this over my years as a middle school math teacher. And every, I, yes, every single time, they did so much better the next time around. And they left the course with increased confidence that they actually can do algebra. It might have seemed like a kindness to just pass them on to the next class, but it actually would not have been. It would have just been setting them up for more failure and more confusion in Algebra 2. By having them repeat the course, it actually was a big benefit to them and helped them for the rest of their math career. If you want to think through this a little bit more, um, I wrote a post called, Should Failing Students Be Held Back? And in that, I do examine a couple different options because um, even if you put an F on the report card, uh, you might notice that administration doesn't necessarily hold that student back. And that's because... um, the, the best answer isn't always failing a student. It does depend on some different circumstances. And so we do explore that in more detail in that post if you want to think that through a little bit more. And once again, that's linked in the show notes at teachfortheheart.com slash failing students. I hope you can pop over to that article when you get a chance and share some of your thoughts of what you do to help failing students and um, what you found to be helpful. Thank you so much for being us with us here today on the podcast. I hope you've picked up something here that can help you as you deal with the students that are struggling in your class. Um, as we leave, I also wanted to encourage you, if you're listening to this on the blog, but have not yet subscribed to the Teach for the Heart podcast in either iTunes or Stitcher, I recommend doing that. Um, that way you get all of the new podcasts downloaded directly to your phone. It's way more convenient and uh, makes it way easier to listen to what at a time that is convenient and easy for you. It's completely free and you can find out info about how to do that at teachfortheheart.com slash podcast. While you're at it, it's also great a great help um, if you can leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher of the podcast or simply share the podcast with a friend or a teacher um, that you know. Thank you again so much for being here. Once again, the show notes are at teachfortheheart.com slash failingstudent. Hope you have a great week. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.